are listening to Meet and Write, a podcast that dives into liturgical worship and how communion really begins after church. Well, welcome again to the Meet and Write podcast. We're super excited to have you with us. I am your host, Father Nathaniel, and we're excited to have with us once again, Chris Estefanos. Uh, he's been on a previous episode with us here on Meet and Write, so we're super excited to have him once again. Thanks, Chris, for your time and for being with us today. Thanks, Father Nathaniel, for having me. Uh, excited to be back on your podcast. Thank you. Well, we wanted to uh, talk to you, Chris, about something that we notice in every single Orthodox service, which is repetition, repetition, repetition. Like, if we're talking to God, I can see us saying something once, maybe twice to kind of solidify it. But why is everything repeated so many times in an Orthodox service? Well, usually, Abuna, if uh, we're repeating something, that means that uh, there is an utter importance in it. Uh, for example, we repeat the Lord's Prayer, we pray the prayer of thanksgiving before we begin any prayer, um, and one in particular that we say so frequently is, Lord have mercy, or Kyrie eleison. Yeah, I, I mean, we definitely notice at the end of almost every litany, and kind of, I mean, I kind of even see it as like a filler. We just throw in, Lord have mercy, maybe three times here, once time there, long way, short way. We kind of see it as like a filler hymn in a way, Lord have mercy, and for a lot of us, it seems like it gets watered down because we hear it so often. But why is that phrase, or in English, Lord have mercy, why is that repeated so often? Well, I think, Abuna, you make a really good point that it's easy for us when we repeat something so frequently to get lost in its meaning or even to to pause and think about why it is that we say, uh, Lord have mercy. And actually, uh, this is a conversation I had a few weeks ago with my wife. Um that she was asking, why is it that we say, Lord, have mercy so often? She said, you know, if we had said it once or twice or three times in liturgy, it would make sense. But it, the, the fact that we say it so frequently almost appears as though we are trying to beg this judge in a courtroom to spare us from, you know, punishment. Um, and, and she said, you know, if we believe in a God who's merciful and loving, why do we beg him to have mercy on us? On Good Friday, we say it 400 times in liturgy. We probably say it about 50 times. And it seems as though we're trying to plead with him um, to, to spare us from like hellfire, to spare us from punishment. Um, she makes a great point. It does seem like we're talking to a God that's just full of anger and full of wrath. And we're just asking him, you know, to just kind of take it easy on us. But it does paint a picture. That yeah. our Heavenly Father is just full of anger and just and ready to, to attack us. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, you know, when we think of the word mercy, uh, you know, for my wife in particular, she works with a judge. You know, she's a lawyer. Um, and she told me particularly a story a few months ago with this person who was uh, about to face sentencing. And, uh, you know, he said, have mercy on me, judge, have mercy on me. And even at, at a certain point, he slipped and said, Lord, have mercy. So she she has that context in her mind of this judge who is kind of uh, has to be kind and merciful to the person who's been a a, 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 a person who's committed a crime, so to speak. Um, so I totally get that context. However, for us. It doesn't have that connotation because in orthodoxy, we've, we, we see God as a physician. We see God as a, the lover of mankind. We see him as a healer. We don't view him as this judge who's sitting on a seat waiting for us to mess up and, you know, needing our uh, Lord have mercies. Um, so I, I think, so I think that's an important context. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But then, you know, kind of diving deeper, what is the context of this phrase, Kyrie 
and maybe it's it's root or origin of this phrase. Yeah, absolutely. I think the root origin, um, first of all, we don't know exactly when Lord Have Mercy came into the church. I, I spent a lot of time trying to research that, and there wasn't any particular time in which it came as part of the litanies of the church. Um, however, um, it's sort of a cool thing when you understand the, the, the original root. Um, and the original root comes from this Greek word eleos, um, which has the same ultimate old Greek root for the word olive oil or the word oil, a substance which was used for um, a soothing agent for bruises or wounds. Um, and if you think about oil, oil was used in, in the ancient world for um, massage, for soothing, for comforting, for making somebody who was injured whole. Um, the Hebrew word for kirileson, for eleos, is mercy or hesed, um, which means steadfast love. So the Greek words for Lord have mercy, that is to say, it's it's almost like saying, Lord, soothe me, Lord, comfort me, Lord, take away my pain, show me your steadfast love. So this idea of it relating to justice or acquittal of a wrongdoing is a very Western interpretation of, of, of that statement. But for us in the East, it has more of a context of have compassion on your suffering children, be with us, take care of us, protect us. And that's why we say, like, I always thought, uh, I thought, always thought it was confusing when we say, you know, pray for the air of heaven and the fruits of the earth. And we say, Lord, have mercy. Um, but if you look at God as a physician, as a healer versus God as a judge, you understand that Lord have mercy in relationship to the crops is God please take care of them. Please protect them. Please make sure that, you know, you you know our needs because you're a physician and you know what is necessary for our survival. Mm -hmm. I, I love I, I love that approach to that phrase than what many of us assume looking at it from God being wrathful and we're asking for justice. But in reality, like you mentioned, Chris, it's us coming to God and saying, God, we know we live in a broken world and we know, God, that we're broken. But we come to you as your children, as patients, wanting to be healed and to, wanting to be soothed by you being physician of our souls and bodies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, it, 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 has, um, it has a really important context for us as well because, you know, I think sometimes we look at sin or we look at disobedience to God as, um, as you know, I, I, there, there's often this approach that we look at God as this vindictive, angry God. And sometimes we approach God as like slaves, um, but I think there, there is that's that's one way of looking at it as you're a slave to God. But the second kind is that you're maybe a hired servant who's eager to serve God because of a desire for good things. But there's this third kind of person who approaches God as if he's a son. And he keeps his commandments because he loves his father and because he knows that his father is good. Um, so I think we have to get away from this understanding of God as this, 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 this God who is trying to send us to hell and wants to send us to hell. The, that's the exact opposite of who God is. His, his hand is not shortened to save. And his desire is that all men would come to know him. Um, so I think that context of getting away from this angry, vindictive God is really important for us. Yeah, the, these are great points, Chris. I mean, what I love is uh, that you mentioned is that the, the phrase leos, which is the root of, of kiria leson, has a direct connection to oil. Uh, and it's the same word, root word, that we use for oil uh, in Greek. And, and once you said that, I instantly started thinking of how 
we see the different usage of oil being used in scripture, uh, specifically in the Old Testament, um, that, you know, there's a great connection with oil and asking for mercy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if you look specifically, the first time we hear the mention of, you know, an olive tree or olive oil um, was in the story of Noah, you know, when the, the bird uh, went out of the ark to search and see if the, the flood had stopped and it came back with an olive branch. And, and that was significant of the flood had stopped and the oil twig was representative of that forgiveness was now freely given and that there were, you know, the, the flood had seized and God was now open to new opportunities with man and new beginnings with man. Um, and you see it also in, in, in the story of when Samuel would anoint a king, he would anoint him with oil. And the oil was a significance of consecration. Even it, it also associates with us in the, in, in the sacrament of chrismation that we anoint all our senses with oil. Um, because oil has this connotation of consecration or healing or soothing. And, you know, even another uh, story, if you think about it in the New Testament, the story of the Good Samaritan, that when he saw the person who had had been uh, struck by, vic was fell, fallen victim to robbers, he took him and he binded his wounds and he soothed them with oil. So mm -hmm. definitely oil, if I'm approaching God with this perspective of Kirileson as understanding of olive oil, that God, you are the soother, you're the physician, it changes again, the way I worship every Sunday when I go to church or the way I worship when I pray Egbeya and I say Kirileson's 41 times. You know, I, I love that perspective, Chris, that you mentioned, you know, about oil. I mean, it, it's so beautiful for, for us to remind ourselves that just as how God used oil as a sign of consecration, used it on David, used it on, on so many different prophets that have come to deliver the word of God, that oil was used to separate them, to tell them that you're not ordinary, you are extraordinary, because I have designed you to be extraordinary. In the same way, we are reminding ourselves every time that we say, Lord, have mercy on us, that soothe our, our brokenness, soothe our, our, our sickness with, with, with your oil, to make us whole. And and this is a good reminder, Chris, you know, for, for all of us, you know, as you're saying this, remind to remind myself and all of us that we're all broken, that we're all broken and we all fall short. But we have to remind ourselves that, that sin is an infection. It's a sickness, but it is not an infraction. It does not completely separate us from the love of God, that we always can return back to him, just as the prodigal son did we can always come back to him if we have to we first have to acknowledge that we're broken and that we need healing from the true physician of our souls and bodies i mean even the first word of that prayer lord have mercy we're acknowledging that i am deficient i am acknowledging that i am weak i am acknowledging that i do need help so i'm saying you are my lord you are my god you are my heavenly father you desire that intimate relationship with me so i'm coming saying that, that you are my Lord. So me just acknowledging that is, is highlighting the point that I am in need of, of someone and something greater than myself. And that only comes from the true physician, as we mentioned. And you know, like we mentioned in the beginning, Chris, this prayer has been used in the church for centuries, for centuries, in one shape or another. You know, even today, many people know of, of the prayer, the Jesus prayer, where we say, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And it's such a beautiful 
three-second prayer that is so nice to just have that running in our mind, in our heart, to, to always remind ourselves that we are broken and we are in need of a healer. We can even see tons of examples in Scripture of, of how many people have come to Jesus. They didn't just come and say, hey, you know, I know you're really good at, at, at healing, so fix me. No, they came and say, have mercy on me. Heal me in some shape or form. They've all come saying, I'm in need of you. And let this prayer be a reminder for us that every time we do say it, let it remind ourselves that I am in need of a healer. You know, I, I like like we said, we, we say this prayer, you know, tons of times in every liturgical worship, in every service. But you'll notice that the this prayer, this, this three-word prayer, changes in music all the time. And I think this is a good reminder for all of us to acknowledge and, and, and appreciate that the church is, in, is highlighting this prayer through different music and in different ways in our worship. So a, a nice meditation to, for all of us to apply is when we're saying it in a joyous way, you know, when we're celebrating the, the Holy 50 Days after Easter or on, on any other joyous occasion, that you maybe you'll see it, you'll hear us sing it more uh, in a joyous way, you know, with the symbols. And, and this is a reminder for us that you are our, our, our healer, our hero to come, and you, you have brought healing to us, maybe to highlight that. And maybe sometimes during uh, the Great Fast, Lent, or other seasons, you might hear it more of an extended way, especially during Holy Week. Maybe we can take that time to remind ourselves of, of us looking inside ourselves. Where am I broken? Where am I broken? Am I broken in, in, my, in, my, in my pride, in my ego? Where, where am I broken as a child of God? And where do I need His oil to soothe me? So we can kind of use the music that the church gives us to highlight different aspects of this three-word prayer. I, I agree with that uh, 100%, Boone. I think that's a great point. So definitely should transform the way we worship when we say, Lord, have mercy. Well, thank you again so much, Chris, for, for taking the time to shed light on a three-word prayer that we hear all the time in every service, but maybe we don't really give it thought because it's kind of been watered down in our mind and our heart. So now, next time that we hear, Lord, have mercy, or have mercy on us, or in any shape or form of that prayer, that it reminds ourselves, that we remind ourselves that I am broken and I do need your holy oil to soothe me and to restore me and to make me whole the way that you designed me to. So thank you again, Chris, for your time. Thank you so much for having me, Abuna. You have been listening to Meet and Write. For more episodes and resources, make sure to check out CoptaKimsInEnglish.com.